We're back. Final hour of the Thursday show. I'm Chad Withrow. Jonathan Hutton's going to be back with us on Monday. This is Hot Mike on the Outkick Network. Kelly Stewart co-hosting with me today and tomorrow doing a terrific job. Kelly in Vegas. And I feel like every time we come back and there's this big empty desk and I'm on it, Kelly laughs a little bit at me, but that's okay. I laugh at myself too. That's what makes the world go round. Sometimes you got to laugh at yourself. You will not laugh at this deal though going on right now with the Outkick store. The Outkick store is playing on a new field. That's right. The new Outkick store just launched to celebrate. We're offering a buy one, get one 50% off deal for a limited time, just in time for the holiday season. Favorite polos, t-shirts, and more when you visit shop.outkick.com. You're going to get 50% off All you have to do is visit shop.outkick.com. Put the items in your cart. Discount will automatically be applied. Shop.outkick.com. Just in time for this holiday season. SEC schedule released yesterday. Kelly, you were excited about it because of Oklahoma and Texas being a part of it. But I think maybe more than anything that got you excited was actually seeing Alabama versus Georgia in the regular season as opposed to seeing them annually in the SEC championship game? Uh, yes, I would say I'm excited about that. But I gave my praises in an earlier segment with Trey Wallace, and I said, hey, this is great. But I'm still going to criticize the SEC here. Why in the world are we still allowing them to play cupcakes in weeks 10 and 11 and 12? I'm looking at these schedules. You get to play UMass. this is just this this is what you don't this is where you lose me when you get to play teams that are not very good before you play say Auburn before you say Oklahoma right so right before the Oklahoma game Alabama's playing Mercer Uh, I just don't I I don't understand Auburn before the A&M game ULM okay ULM's okay but why are they playing them in November I don't get it It is frustrating to me. Play those teams early in the year. Give them their paychecks. But why? Why do we give them a essential bye week so late into the season? Yeah, I I don't love it either. And if you notice, all those teams that have the built-in bye week with those cupcakes late in the season, typically those that have a huge rivalry game at the end of it. An example, Tennessee and Vandy are in-state rivals, but hasn't been a very competitive game for a while, right? So, you see Tennessee leading up, and you know this year they played Georgia, I think, the week before. There's no cupcake in between. I think Vandy, because they played in week zero, had a bye week, actually, leading into that game this year, which was an odd time. Uh, I, I'm with you on, on the whole built-in bye week with a cupcake in November for the SEC. I am an SEC guy. Even I get a little bit uncomfortable at times with the ESPN SEC love. And I get it because they're totally in bed with the SEC, right? That That is the SEC network is ESPN now. But the same reason I bitched about Charles Woodson winning the Heisman in 1997 because ESPN was propping up the Big Ten and Woodson over Peyton Manning all season long because they had the Big Ten rights and not as much to do with the SEC. I, I, I am uncom- I'm not going to be a hypocrite about it. I am uncomfortable for the rest of college football. The arrangement with... College football playoff, the SEC, ESPN, coverage of it. Last night, Kelly's a great example. I, I knew that the schedule was going to be released, but most of these schedules have been released by the, the, you know, the actual the independent outlets that cover these teams. But I tune in, I'm thinking it's going to be an SEC network show. 
No, it's on big ESPN <laughs> last night, the SEC schedule release. The most entertaining thing about it were the individual schools on social media that had the clever schedule releases, much like the NFL does now. It's fun to go back and watch all of those. But I do get a wee bit uncomfortable, and I'm a, I'm a huge SEC fan. I think most of America will watch the SEC because they're in some of the biggest games. But does that show need to be on big ESPN? Is it that important? I don't know. I struggle with that. What, do you, what else? As a Big what 12 else were girl, they what do you put think? On? Yeah, uh, that's on a, fair. On a Wednesday night, what else were they going to put no, on? Oh, that's fair. Uh, as a Big 12 girl who has to watch 90% of uh, her alma mater's games on ESPN+, Plus, that should tell you how I feel about it. So let's just call a spade for a spade. Yeah, that's that's tough when you got to go to the plus to, to watch your games, no doubt about it. Here's where I get really uncomfortable as a, a, a grad of an SEC school that's not Alabama is when I go to, I think it was The Athletic today, and the lead story is Alabama's 2024 schedule revealed. And I'm thinking, wow. The whole SEC got revealed on the same day, but let's let's that's the top story. Alabama, we know their schedule now in 2024. Speaking of Alabama, though, uh, bad news for everyone who wants to see Alabama go down. Jalen Milrow coming back for his senior year for Alabama. So one of those situations, Kelly, where in college football, the rich seemingly get richer. They do. And uh, bad news is, though, every single guy that they picked up in 2021 and 2022 from the wide receiver position is gone. Uh, so we're going to keep an eye out on this transfer portal for Alabama because well, albeit he's going to have weapons. It's still Alabama. They will find guys to bring in. I find that also a little concerning, right? You want to have your quarterback who at the beginning of the year, it was kind of a quarterback carousel. Do we forget that USF game? That was not good. Clay and I kind of spoke about Jalen Milrow and some of our thoughts on the fade and the Alabama Reddit pages were going insane that we were not slandering him to saying maybe he's not the guy. Okay, now he's the guy, but now he doesn't have any weapons that he has any cohesiveness with. So I'm kind of curious to see. Let's see how the uh, the playoffs go, the national championship game go. But I'm really curious to see what Nick Saban is able to do in the offseason. We always hear Alabama doesn't rebuild, they reload. So we're going to see if he's able to reload once again. It truly is, Kelly, remarkable to think about the improvement of that Alabama team just this year, given the struggles against Texas the first go around. But then you mentioned it, the carousel, and they were playing three guys. Ty Simpson is playing in that game. Uh, Buckner was playing in that game against South Florida on the road where they looked terrible in that game. And you're thinking, is, is Alabama even that good? And they end up playing for a national championship in the college football playoff. Incredible improvement for that team. Iowa's offense needs to see some improvement. Ugh. We know the whole yeah. situation with the Ferentz family. And what drove that directly into the corn-laden ground of the state of Iowa? Uh, what direction should they go? And I, I, I'm going to throw out a name that we discussed earlier before the show. Scott Frost is available. He's a guy who was a good offensive coordinator before he was a bad head coach for Nebraska. Is that someone you call just trying to go in a completely different direction if you're Iowa? I kind of have to wonder if these Scott Frost rumors aren't put out by either somebody within the organization or maybe a high profile donor just to get the conversation going to see how Iowa fans will react. Uh, let's see. Scott Frost, couple of years back at his alma mater and 
doesn't do anything. How much fault of that was his own? I'm not going to sit here and say 100% by any means. We'll see what Matt Rule is able to do over the next couple of seasons. But with a base like Nebraska, it is probably pretty hard, right? You assume every year since Tom Osborne left, all right, we're back. We're going to be somebody to write home about, and they haven't. It has probably been one of the biggest downfalls in college football, at least from the peak of winning several national championships there under Osborne. So I have to say, I would love to see Nebraska kind of right the ship here. Obviously, Scott Frost wasn't the answer. I don't know if he'll be the answer in Iowa. But what we do know is that hiring your own son is never the answer, Chad. And uh, that's why Iowa is in the predicament they are in. But I, I have some interesting thoughts on the Scott Frost rumors because I heard so many rumors out of Lincoln uh, about his coaching style. And I wonder if he's capable of going back and, and coaching under someone else. One of the biggest shocks uh, I've seen was just the whole tenure of Scott Frost in Nebraska. Because the time, I mean, think back to when he's hired from UCF. They're coming off that undefeated season. Florida wanted him. I mean, he was the bell of the ball, Kelly. Everyone in America wanted that guy. He returns home. He is this. He is Alexander the Great. He is the conquering hero from Wood River, Nebraska. Star high school player. Star for Tom Osborne. He spurned other better programs the time to come back to Nebraska and build them back to a national power. And it was terrible. It was t- it, so much so that every Nebraska fan right now would love to go back to the days of Bo Pelini for what they saw after Bo Pelini. You're not wrong. Bo Pelini got pushed out just like we've seen Texas push out the Mac Browns of the world. Because again, for these fan bases, it's national championship or bust. The precedent has been set by somebody in either, you know, the late 80s, 90s. I mean, I had Sooners fans coming for my head on Twitter this year for saying that they're not really that good of a 7-0 football team. Just because you covered seven games doesn't mean you're that good. And, well, we saw what happened to them the second half of the season. But now, these older fan bases that have a, I think it's a really sad expectation, uh, are so quick to just cut ties with a guy after two or three years, I would have cut ties with Scott Frost. So maybe that was a different situation, but there's a reason why Kirk Ferentz still has a job. And that's because Iowa fans are like, you know what? We're okay. Winning eight, nine, 10 games. We got to go to a big 10 championship. They are okay. And I, and I am too, as a Kansas state fan. Um, and it, and it pains me because I would love to see a national championship, but you also have to kind of understand where you're at in the current landscape. Expectation regulation, I think is a very important skill for fan bases, for ADs, for universities that understanding where you are and being happy with it. And I always say this about college football, and you know this as a K-State person, not everyone's goal is the same, right? You play in the NFL, you're one of 32 teams. Everyone's goal is to win the Super Bowl every year. And everyone can do that because the rules are the same. There's a salary cap in place. There's a draft process in place. If you make good decisions and get the right quarterback, you too can win a a Super Bowl. That's not the case in college football. There are a lot of programs out there that their fans know they're probably not ever going to win a a national championship in the current landscape or really in any landscape. And that's fine. If winning nine or ten games is the ceiling. UCF was never going to win a national championship because they weren't at a power five school. 
And, you know, Scott Frost had a wonderful tenure there. You you mentioned it, that he had multiple opportunities to go to a ton of other places. I don't know if it was for more money, uh, if it was he really just did want to go back home to Nebraska. But I, I find it rather interesting. You're right. It's the very, very few, uh, you know, are going to win national championships year after year. The dynasty that is Nick Saban. He is setting up kids for absolute and utter failure for once he probably retires. I mean, look at what's going on at Texas A&M uh, the last couple of years. And they go out there, they get a national championship winning coach, and then they can't win eight games. And there is there is a real expectation problem. I, I am guilty of it too. I'll admit that. I am guilty of it too. Uh, I, I've told people before, like, blame it on Bill Snyder. What do you want from me? Yeah, He, I, he was my whole childhood. And it's tough to blame someone if they've seen, you know, what excellence looks like or coming that close to a national title looks like. Um, my in-laws are in Nebraska. I'll be up there for a week between Christmas and New Year. I can tell you their expectations are so low right now. Given everything that's happened since Bo Pelini, they will not hesitate to throw a parade for a bowl game, getting bowl eligible. They would have done that had they beaten Iowa. That, that's a program that any bit of success is going to be greeted like it's the first time it's happened. Because that's how long it's been since they've been dominant. And they know it. But they were good under Bo Pelini. They had moments of greatness under Bo Pelini. And yet he got pushed to the wayside. So I would argue to say that maybe some of the other Nebraska fans don't feel the same way that they do. That it is still this hard-nosed, you know, black shirt, football, defensive powerhouse. They expect that. They don't expect to go into Colorado and get boat raced by Deion Sanders because the quarterback can't throw a 15-yard pass. Yeah, lots of quarterback issues for the Huskers this year. Here's an issue with a rule that I've always hated, and that is where you fumble into the end zone, it goes out of the end zone, it's a touchback for the opposing team. I've always felt like it was far too punitive for the offense that if you fumble at the one-yard line and it happens to go out before the pylon, it's your ball right there as opposed to one inch further just because the way the ball bounces, it's a turnover to the other team. Well, the NFL is looking into possibly changing this rule uh, where if you fumble it into the end zone, you still retain possession where you fumbled the ball. I I like this, Kelly. I'm all for it in both the NFL and college football. Where do you stand on it? This is where my gambling brain comes into play, Chad, and where I talk us through it. I'll play. I'll play the devil's advocate from a fan perspective. I completely see what you're saying, but from a gambling perspective, I sometimes need those bounces or bad bounces to go my way. And sometimes they do. And sometimes they don't. So if the NFL is going to do it, I hope they do it correctly. I hope that there is some way to have inconclusive evidence to say that it shouldn't be the other team's ball, right? This has been a rule that's been in place my entire life, to my knowledge. I've never seen it called another way. I have seen so many replays of, like you said, somebody fumbles right before the pylon goes out of bounds. Okay, great. No problem. Line it up, punch it in the end zone. Or even worse, uh, you know, they a, a player does not cross the plane. There, there's just so many things that go into play here. And I think it opens up the NFL to make more mistakes from an officiating standpoint. And that's the only thing that really, truly concerns me. But I would agree with you from a fan perspective, the rule needs to be changed. I fear for the future of NFL and college football because of what you just said, officiating. I don't think it's getting any better. 
I wish no. I could say some optimistic thing about there's this great training program for young refs out there and everyone's wanting to be an official and they're starting in the middle school and high school ranks and working their way up and it's a coveted job that people want to do. No one wants to do it. High school games are getting moved to Wednesday, Thursday nights because they don't have enough refs to call the games. It's not going to get any better. This is the best of the best in the NFL right now and it's not good. That's not a good thing for the future of both NFL and college football, which we love so much. Davey Hudson loves hockey, loves the NHL. There's a story out of the NHL which will make your stomach turn. We'll get to it when we come back. This is Hot Mike across the Outkick Network. We're back. It's Hot Mike across the Outkick Network, live from our downtown Nashville studios Old Smoky Moonshine, Yeehaw Beer, having a grand old time this holiday season. I'm Chad Withrow. Jonathan Hutton's going to be back with us on Monday. Kelly Stewart, Kelly in Vegas, doing a terrific job filling in for Hutton, co-hosting with me today. I don't know that either one of us are going to like this story, Kelly, but I got to say it either way. So Barkley Goodrow is a player in the National Hockey uh, League, and um, he's with the New York Rangers. He was hit in the face with a puck during a game and he thought that he lost a tooth and he spit it out and a lot of blood and it was not his tooth. It was a part of his jaw that he spit out. When they say that hockey players are just built different, this is what they're talking about with a story like this. That is next level toughness to just spit out your jaw and keep playing. Yeah, I, I'm speechless right now, Chad. I don't know how I missed this on the internet or on the rundown, but I just got a little hot, a little hot flash in here. Might might pass out, so if you guys don't see me, that is absolutely and utterly bonkers. Uh, the fact that hockey players... I, look, I love hockey. I'm not very good at handicapping it. I love going to live games. I love the action. It is incredible, and of course, I love when the gloves come off and... We say, all right, guys, you get about 45 seconds to knock each other around. Then we're going to break it up. We're going to go back out. We're going to skate. That is nothing short of absolutely and utterly disgusting, but uh, just proves exactly how tough these guys are. So this new movie on Netflix, Leave the World Behind, it's kind of an apocalyptic type movie. Julia Roberts, Mahershala Ali, uh, Ethan Hawke. uh, I I really enjoyed it. Um, There's a part of it where there's teeth that come out of a young person's mouth. Uh, it's part of the, the plot uh, over and over, and I couldn't help. It's pretty gross to watch, but couldn't help but think about that when, when reading this. This from Colin Stevenson uh, with the tweet. Just to clear something up with Barclay Goudreau, he said he didn't lose any teeth that the puck hit him in the face in Ottawa. Asked what it was that he spit out onto the ice that night. He said, quote, I don't know. That was part of my mouth that should have been inside my mouth. That's an accurate description this morning. I'm dropping my two daughters off at school and I hear in the back seat from my oldest daughter. She says something just fell out of Lucy's ear and she was grossed out by it. And I'm thinking, okay, that that's not a good sign. And there's another little boy in our neighborhood that I, I drive to school also is in the back. He's trying to get away from it. And uh, I go into the back seat and it's, it's just, it, it, it's really not dramatic or anything. It's like a little piece of, you know, uh, earwax from an ear infection she had before. But when you hear that something fell out of your child's ear and no one knows what it is or can identify it, that's not what you want to hear. 
Much like I feel like you don't want to hear as an athlete or tell someone that I spit out part of my mouth that should have been in my mouth. That's all I can tell you. Not good. I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and guess our viewerships dropped by 50% after those back-to-back repulsive stories, Chad. Depends. Depends on how morbid and grotesque the audience is. Who knows? We're about to find out. We're going to push to the limit now because if you thought that was weird, it's about to get a lot worse. Davey Hudson is here. And Davey, it's time to get a little bit weird. And five, four, three, two, one, zero, talking now. Kelly, I like to give a story that's, I guess, going to give you a taste of what you're about to get with Let's Get Weird. And the entire premise behind the segment is simply in the name. It's just to get weird. we got a couple of stories, some a little bit funnier than others. Some, uh, they, they can get pretty gross at times. But we'll start off with a story that comes out of Austin, Texas, and... You know, this one, I feel like we can all relate to a little bit. If you've ever been in a situation where you're in a hurry uh, for this situation, a woman was in the hurry to get to the airport. And while she is getting to the Austin airport, she says her Uber driver is driving too slow. Uh, This woman's name is Nusha Alexandra Afkami. And the problem was, while I don't know how fast the Uber driver was going, could have been going the speed limit, could have been uh, going below it. But uh, Miss Afkami, Afkami got a little upset, decided to grab the driver's phone, throw it out the window. The Uber driver pulls over, gets out to retrieve the phone, at which point Miss Afkami gets in the driver's seat, steals the car, speeds off to the airport. It also turns out that the Uber driver left uh, his wallet inside the vehicle. She decided to take the credit card and buy $130 worth of supplies inside a uh, one of those airports terminal stores and fortunately uh, the phone still worked for the uber driver he was able to call the police and they were able to arrest this woman i guess my question to you guys is have you ever gotten to the point where you're yelling at the the cab driver i mean i know you need to be nice to these people but they've just been so slow you got to the point it's like hey how can i car or steal this vehicle from them and get to my destination on time uh uh, okay, I'm going to say this because I get a reputation. Chad asked to start the show. Do I think he's a nice guy? Of course, I think Chad is a nice guy. I have a, a bit of a reputation of sometimes in my friend group being hot headed, being the most vocal, being the most outspoken, right? And sometimes that makes people a little nervous. But never when I'm in an Uber, their life is, your life is in their hands. You can't tell the guy to drive faster or to drive slower. You can't, you just have to sit back there with your seatbelt on and just be quiet and just, at that point, you're like, okay, let me just get to my destination uh, safely and securely. It sounds like maybe she was on something uh, alcohol-related, maybe. Who knows? Could be. Uh, obviously, if she had time to go shopping prior to her flight, she wasn't running that late to the airport. What was the girl on in the on the plane that was seeing things? Remember her that everybody was, that she yes, saw something Tiffany, was on the plane? Tiffany Gomez, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So maybe it was whatever she was on. Uh, this person was on because this is maybe the dumbest crime ever because it'd be very easy to find the culprit if they know how Uber works and ride shares. All of her information is there, exactly who took the car and took the money and everything else because she went through the system to get in the vehicle that she then committed Grand Theft Auto and also robbed the guy. So really stupid crime. And while I am a nice guy, and I don't frequently complain about much of anything. I usually bite my tongue with anyone in the service industry or anything else. I won't complain. 
I will say, I'm quicker to be angry with Uber drivers than probably any of my friends. So this is where I can empathize with Kelly in that I'm quicker to say something to someone who is going the wrong route when I know there's a better one, uh, the slightest bit rude when I'm in their car about anything. I, I don't, I, I, I've never gotten into any type of altercation or anything, but I get more annoyed with Uber Lyft drivers, maybe more so than others. So I, I can side with Kelly a bit on I, that one, but it's a ridiculous crime. I, I think the Uber driver's a little at fault here at the same time, because if a person is crazy enough to grab your phone and throw it out the window, why, when you pull over, do you leave the keys in the ignition and just leave everything running as you get out? That's true. If, if this person is going to go to the extent of throwing your phone, which, I mean, phones are not cheap now, especially if you got a nice iPhone, uh, I would be putting that thing in park, taking the keys out, and then going and getting my phone. And then she's just not getting, like, I'm making it worse for her. She's, she's not getting she's, to the yeah, airport. She's be on the, yeah, she's, she's just going to be on the side of the road. Yeah. I'm also demanding she get out of the car, and if she doesn't, yes. I'm calling the cops with the phone Correct. that I've retrieved. Mm-hmm. With my keys in hand. I, I did. It's a good point, Dave. He, yeah. sh- he should have. It was a he, right? I, I believe so. Yeah, That's, he should have taken his keys with him. The the one quote I, I did not say yet was apparently as uh, Miss Afkami was uh, speeding off, she said, I need to get to the airport, so I'm going to take your car and drop it off at the Southwest Airlines terminal. So at least you know where she was heading in that regard, which doesn't help her case. Uh, and again, she just took the hundred and whatever dollars you spent on on his credit card. It's just, I'm also going to take that because (laughs) you've really inconvenienced me here. So while I'm going to leave you the vehicle, I'm going to rob you as well and get as much as I can in the airport. They were at least that's a lot of purchases at the airport of supplies, uh, for a flight. She flies to Sydney, Australia. Where was she going that she needed $130 worth of stuff? Uh, the story you can find it at Fox news, but unfortunately it does not say the destination, it, it did say they found the vehicle uh, parked yeah, the unattended destination outside. destination was the Travis County Correctional Facility. That was <laughs> exactly her destination. Exactly where she went, yep. Destination, uh, jail. That's where she ended up. Yep. Uh, Miss Afkami was, has been charged with unauthorized use of a motor vehicle and was booked into the Travis County Jail on a $16,000 bond. So, it's tough. Uh, guys, this next tough story, uh, it, it's one... The, it's not so much the story is, it's just, you know, sometimes you just got to laugh. And while the situation at hand has not been a funny one, and I'm sure everyone's been familiar with the uh, a lot of Ivy League presidents going before Congress and testifying. SNL thought it was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Tried to have their entire cold open around that. I think that was probably a swing and a miss. Uh, testifying in regards to uh, students calling f- for the genocide of, of the Jewish people on these campuses, such as uh, Penn at Harvard and... Uh, I know Penn's president has stepped down, Liz McGill. She resigned, uh, and rightfully so, for her comments. The Harvard president looks as though she is going to maintain her status as the president of a once prestigious university. Now, what got me was, if you look at Miss um, uh, Gay, that's that's her name, Claud- Claudine Gay, I believe, is the full Claudine name. Claudine Gay, yes. yes, that's right. Uh, She's also been accused of plagiarizing some of her work that helped her get to this status. And McGill's is just a random Twitter account I came across and said, forget the academic papers. She done plagiarized Moses Malone's whole look. And I just have been laughing about this. I've just been chuckling to myself for the last 24 hours ever (laughs) since seeing this. Those glasses, definitely uh, a little Moses Malone in there. This whole thing is so crazy to me. I went back because the SNL deal was getting so much attention and watched it. 
Um, again, I'm not someone who's easily offended or outraged. I just think it was very funny what they were trying to go for on it until the very end of it. So I can understand. I think Cecily Strong backed out of it last minute. Correct. She was supposed to be a part of it and got uncomfortable with it. Smart move by her to not take part in it. I respect her a little bit more now for backing out of that one. Um, just really dumb. You know, g- genocide is bad. Uh, cancer is bad. These are pretty obvious things. Ice cream, good. These are non-controversial takes that everyone should have. It doesn't depend on and the context. And now Penn is down a school president because she couldn't say that genocide was bad and did a very poor job of articulating that, that point. Just really, really dumb. But now there's going to be a lot of serious situations I might be in, and somebody's going to bring up Claudine Gay. And I'm going to start laughing because I'm just going to think of Moses Malone. You're going to think rebounding R.I.P. champ of the NBA every time you hear her exactly. name now. Yep. Uh, guys, this next one, Chad, I don't know, this, this might be something you've, you've got into. I, I, I am not married, so it's not like I've had to buy gifts for my wife. Um, but we have, and it, this could be a situation where on TikTok, somebody's just looking for the clout, but we had a situation where a husband hid his wife's Christmas gift inside the oven. And at some point the wife decided to turn on the oven, I guess to, I'm presuming to preheat the oven, not knowing the gift was inside there, and it ultimately burned her clothing items. We, we do have a picture, um, and I just, I, I, I look at this and I am he just... He put clothes in the oven? Yes. But Victoria's Secret pajamas is what my guess is. That's what it looks like to me. Uh, in the oven, not wrapped. That's what's so perplexing about this. So you're hiding it, yet you didn't even wrap it, and also... Home Ec 101, check the oven before you turn it on. It just makes me think of uh, stepbrothers because when Dell would sleepwalk, he would just throw the pillows into the oven. Well, if you look, if you're like homeless and your one possession is an oven, then I could see someone, uh, a homeless couple, hiding that one possession, that one gift in the oven if that's the one thing. But I'm assuming if you own an oven, you also have other places you could hide clothes from your wife for a Christmas gift. Like, there's got to be other nooks and crannies somewhere in your apartment, condo, home, elsewhere. This is the strangest, unless you told me freezer or somewhere like that for clothes, that is a very, it's an odd place to hide anything. Do you think it's, maybe his, he was trying to prove a point to his wife that she doesn't use the oven enough? It's <laughs> a good point, yeah. Like, I need you to cook more. Like, uh, let's, I thought let's, the one thing that you would stay away from was that <laughs> oven, because I haven't had a home-cooked meal in years. I'm just saying, listen, I'm, I get yelled at quite often, because early in my relationship, I used to have a lot more time to cook. Now yep. I don't, so I uh, order takeout a lot. So I could see... Uh, the smart ass in my life doing something like that to say, Hey, here, oh, that was your Christmas present. I didn't, you haven't used the oven in weeks. It, it, it two pronged attack, right? I, I don't really love the pajamas you wanted. I wanted them incinerated anyway, but I got them for you so I can show that I made the effort to get what you wanted for Christmas while also proving the point that you don't cook enough for me. Maybe this man's a genius. I think Kelly's you know, got first- it right. I think the first line of the article, because I just opened it up, it said, men, we cannot be this stupid. Maybe he is, in fact, a genius. This guy's pretty funny, too, if if he's going with what Kelly said. I like it. But, guys, I mean, that's, that's where I'm going to leave you off uh, today. Uh, I know there's going to be more stupid things that happen, and we'll make sure to get weird as uh, uh, well, another do, edition comes I up. I do want to hit one question uh, when we come back, because um, I have thoughts. On, on one big question that Davey has for Let's Get Weird. I'd be curious to hear 
Kelly's answer on this one as well. We got to get Kelly's picks gambling-wise tonight for Thursday Night Football also when we come back. Plus, NFL Eliminator picks. Kelly can't play this game. I've got Hutton's pick. Davey has his ready to go. My loser is ready to go based on my gambling and picks this year. It's all coming up next. Final segment of the show is up next. This is Hot Mike on the Outkick Network. We're back. Hot Mike on the Outkick Network, live from 6th and Peabody Studios, downtown Nashville, Old Smoky Moonshine, and Yeehaw Beer. Chad Withrow with Kelly Stewart. Kelly in Vegas. Catch the fade with Clay Travis, Kelly Stewart, every week. It's part of the Outkick Network, outkick.com. Very easy to find. Follow Kelly across all of social media, at Kelly in Vegas as well. Should point that out also. Um, We're going to get to some gambling picks for tonight's Thursday night football game. I'm going a little bit off the wall with mine. The one thing I have been good at, guessing anytime touchdowns so far. From a gambling perspective, nothing else has worked out for me. I got what I think is a winner coming up soon. Uh, But first, Kelly, you were so good at answering why that guy put the gift in the oven to hide from his wife and coming up with a possible explanation that I do want to hear your explanation or your answer for this question that Davey Hudson has for us about animals. Yeah, Kelly. So what started the idea for this question was there was an article, uh, unfortunately, a man in Pakistan, uh, they, they found a tiger with a shoe, and they're like, well, that doesn't seem good. Obviously, a man was mauled to death. And with, without getting into the story, I was just like, what is the animal you would least likely want to be killed by? And, and there were two lines of thought on that. It's one well, people are going to remember me for for dying from an animal attack. It's like, which do you want it to be like an easy death or just after the fact you want people to remember? It's like, man, he went down by that. Like, that's that's something else. So I guess I'll leave the question. What's the animal you would least like to be killed by? Well, first of all, any type of impending death, you would hope it'd be swift and fast, not painful to be remembered by. I hope you'd be remembered by other awesome attributes that you may have. That being said, now you're going to make me think about this. Uh, I hope I need it to be an animal that it's never going to happen. So let's go uh, with Oh boy, uh, a hippopotamus. There yeah, you, you took the words right on. It's going to be a hippo because I'm never going to be close enough to a hippopotamus to be able to drown me yep. in a swift, fast manner. I live in Florida now. There's too many gators. We have sharks. There are other anacondas out there. I, I don't want to think about any of those types of animals that could actually potentially kill me on a day-to-day basis. Hippos kill about 500 people a year. And like, I bring this up because there's one name and I'm not going to put this woman's name out there, but I remember a story from 2018. She actually died by being mauled to death by seven dash hounds. Those are small dogs. It's like, that's not a story you, you forget. And, uh, and so it's just, I, I guess like, give me great white, you know, just like, yeah, great. Right. Just rip me limb from limb and get it over with. I, All I, right. So I hate snakes, terribly afraid of snakes, hate them. So the anaconda death, uh, w- worries me like any any type of strangulation right right mm. if something get around your neck and kill you that way slowly hate that idea w- wasn't there a movie anaconda with ice cube yeah jennifer one point? lopez jennifer lopez there was actually had, my sorry david go i was ahead. gonna say it had a uh, owen wilson john voight was it, was yeah, it owen my, wilson my, was in that, yeah. that film i think he was the first one <laughs> to go spoiler alert favorite nfl player jared cooper actually when he was playing for the panthers after he left kansas state actually had to kill his own python with a knife 
because it was literally trying to strangle him as he was just hanging out in his kitchen. We had, in my fraternity house, I was a Sigma Nu, and our mascot was oh, a yes, python. Oh, yes, that would make a lot of sense. So we had a python. Uh, Gina was the name of the python. The python had the, the, the mascot had a name in a little uh, terrarium, I guess it is, in the front of the house. And Gina there was like a keeper of the snake that had no problem, but Gina would get out occasionally. And when I, the one semester, one year I lived in the fraternity house, that was so terrifying to me. Every time Gina was out, that I was going to wake up with this Python around my neck, uh, hated the thought of that. So that did not help with the, the fear of snakes, the movie Anaconda, any type of like, I feel like in Anaconda, there was a scene where the snake like took someone into the river mm-hmm. and killed them. You know, that was stuck with me as a fearful death. But Davey, I would go with like the smallest possible thing killing me, like a bee and a Mm. swarm of bees. My cousin recently told me a story about he was doing some work on a golf course and one of the guys working with him hit a yellow jacket hive and got stung to where he ran like 400 yards and people were having to throw things on him to try to get these off and nearly died. Was like swelling up from all of the stings. From the yellow jackets, that also stuck with me. So, I'm gonna go bees. A swarm of bees killing me. I I'd be afraid that, of that. That's that's pretty painful, Chad. I, I mean, in that case, I would just hope I'm allergic to a bee, and it's just like one bee gets me, and then obviously you die from the impact after that. But just being swarmed to death, I'm thinking back. Uh, there was like uh, hornets. There was like a hornet scene in the Hunger Games. And I'm I'm just thinking that that's just too much. I guess you would go out a lot quicker if it was a bunch of them just injecting. No, but you, you. Th- no, it takes a long time, and that's the whole point. That guy ran 400 yards. So think about uh, like that 400 yard mad dash yeah. trying to save your life versus a hippo just grabs me off the side of the bank and just takes me in the water. It's over. Yeah. Also, if you're allergic to it and it kills you, that's going to be a slower process. Yeah. I don't think it just stings you and you die from the allergic the allergic reaction to take a while. Yeah, don't you go into like anaphylactic shock yeah, or something? Yeah, your, your throat you're can like close up. So then you're suffocating again. Nope. Go, going back again. to my fear of snakes. <laughs> it all goes back to suffocation, asphyxiation. Not a fan. The, so uh, yeah. There's a I don't play that game. A wildler a wildlife expert. I think his name is Paul Rosalie. He did a it was like an episode for like Nat Geo back in the day, but he wore this suit. He spent all his time in South America out in the Amazon. And he literally like let this anaconda attack him. And while he's like wearing this suit pretty much to see how long he could go before he pretty much had to type out. And then they had the, the camera crew, other wildlife experts come and get the anaconda off of him. But he, he's a fascinating listen to, I know he's done like a couple of podcasts where he just talks about his trips, where he just goes on these voyages in the Amazon rainforest where no one's ever been. And it's just really fascinating, interesting character. So I want to get into this, The, the great white, like the shark, the shark attack. I'd like to think that you go quickly with that, but I don't think that's the case. There's going to be a lot of pain involved. I don't think they just come in and you know bite someone's head off and you're dead immediately. Depends on There's the shark. There's nibbling that's going it on. It depends on the no. It depends on the shark. So I actually am friends with a marine biologist down here, and he says all the time, so much Kelly, info. don't worry. The sharks don't want to eat you. They they just want to taste you, and when they realize they don't like you, they're going to leave you alone. So you might be right about the shark thing. They might just bite, like your leg, for example, and then you bleed out because they don't actually eat you or rip you limb from limb. That sounds really terrible, Chad. Did you guys watch The Revenant with Leo DiCaprio? Oh, yeah. Uh, the bear attack in that one? The grizzly, yep. I, I, you could say that that's another one I, I think back to and think, I would think a grizzly bear that's angry that goes after you would kill you quickly. 
but I, I'm not saying that movie's a documentary. But from what I saw from the bear attack in that one, it took quite a while. That scene seemed like it lasted about 45 minutes and did not even finish the job. And that left Leo's character in a lot of pain for a while. So I couldn't even say grizzly attack or polar bear or something that's going to kill you quickly. What, what's the saying if it's in regards to bears? If it's black, fight back. If it's brown, lie down. If it's white, say goodnight. Ooh. Yeah. Never heard that one, but now, now I know. Do you have a like a, a not a marine biologist but a zoologist friend also where you can fact check that, Kelly? No, I do. I do not. Uh, my dad lived in Montana for a long time, so they had uh, a lot of black bears and a few grizzly bears, and uh, I never heard any of that. I just heard whoever runs the slowest is the one that's going to be in a lot of trouble. Yeah, you don't have to outrun the bear. You just have to outrun the person next to you. Well, my family laughs at me because every time we go anywhere into the, the mountains, I'm looking for bears. Like I, I, I saw some as a younger person one time, and I like to be like inside, you know, looking for them. And they're like, you know, if you see a bear, do you really know what to do? Are you going to be okay if the bear's angry or tries to attack you? I just kind of want to see him from a safe distance. You know, I don't, I don't want to have to know my fight-or-flight response with the bear, but I'd like to see them from a safe distance. Um, we're not a safe distance from the game tonight, so we need our picks for tonight's game. Kelly, I'm going to start with you uh, and let you kind of dictate where we're going tonight with this just terrific Raiders-Chargers matchup that I'm sure Al Michaels is pumped to call tonight. I'm, I'm, we're going to get a lot of energy from him with these two teams at this point in the year. You know, Josh Jacobs being back for the Raiders is going to be very helpful for this team. Aiden O'Connell, oh, let's be honest. Who knows what is up with Aiden O'Connell or Jimmy Garoppolo, for that matter, and the common denominator there is this offensive line. They just allow them to get sacked beyond belief. If they can give him some time, which by all means, the def the defensive side of the Chargers is not anything to write home about, the Raiders could win this uh, lovely Thursday night football game between two abysmal AFC West teams. On the flip side, Chargers, we're going to see what Easton Stick is made of. I will say this, against a Vegas secondary who I don't think has really tested well, uh, he could have a heyday. I actually went to some player props for tonight's game. I think we're going to see over one and a half field goals from both field goal kickers. I think this is going to be a crappy game with both teams alerted to the red zone. And I do think that we see Aiden O'Connell be able to expose this Chargers secondary. This still looks like a really terrible 13 to 10 type final. So I do like the under as well, Chad. But you do like the Raiders actually scoring this week, unlike, unlike last week? Uh, well, scoring field goals, that is. Uh, unless, of course, Josh Jacobs can break one off. By the way, Josh Jacobs an hour ago reported he is out. He oh. will not play tonight for the Raiders. So, well, that is bad news for the Raiders. Well, it's good news for me because my pick uh, was going on the assumption that he was going to be out. Uh, we've talked a lot about Nebraska today, so why not go with a Cornhusker to score a touchdown? Amir Abdullah, plus 270, anytime touchdown. I'm going off the board a bit. He is fifth on the list of most likely to score tonight in this game. Give me Amir Abdullah to score. Zamir White and Amir Abdullah will split time at running back without Josh Jacobs. So I'm going to take Abdullah to score a touchdown tonight. Are you, are you sticking with your bet, though, even though – Jacobs ruled no, out an I, I, hour ago. No, that makes sense. I That's my fault. I should have checked it during the commercial break. I had heard that he was going to be a go or they're going to try to make him a go. So the fact that he's ruled out basically just now makes the Aiden O'Connell overpassing yards 
even more attractive to me because he's going to have to throw the ball downfield. Now he's able to do so. You should surely be able to exploit this Chargers secondary. For a game like this tonight, Kelly, would you say we're looking at two bad quarterbacks? So for the total, I feel everyone's going to be hammering the under. If you're you're Vegas, you're pretty much just hoping this is going to go over, right? For for these types of games. At, at this point in time, because the public is so caught up with these primetime unders, we've actually seen them start to go over, right? This one's actually ticked up. It looks like 35s are starting to hit. So I'm not surprised uh, to see people thinking maybe this is going to be a 21-20 type final. I think this this game is going to be really ugly, and we may see a turnover or two that results in a defensive score, thus putting it over the total. The problem is I can't trust either one of these teams with my money. Um, and frankly what are we doing here with Brandon Staley? We talked about it earlier. What kind of bonehead call is he going to make that costs the chargers a win here? So I can't trust the chargers either. Well, and uh, we talked about it earlier in the week. If they lose, look bad in this game. Does he get fired? My answer is no, because why does he still have a job now? I mean, if they were going to fire Brandon Staley in season. They've had plenty of chances to do it. Um, they don't have Justin Herbert the rest of the way. They're just going to play it out. They're going to play out this final right. month. Right. And then, you know, black Monday, he's going to be left without a job and he'll be one of the guys fired. I'm curious, Kelly, how quickly when you see a line, do you know, are you convinced this is what Vegas wants to happen here? Like what on whatever side of it it is where this is what's good for Vegas based on this and your antennas go up when, when you see that when with certain lines. Yeah, I would definitely say that, you know, what side, if you will, they're trying to bait money onto. And whether they would like to admit that they do that or not, they definitely do. Uh, That's why we see some of these trap lines week to week. This week's trap line, I'd have to say, is the New Orleans Saints, minus six. Nobody wants any part of the Saints, especially not laying points against Tommy DeVito, the second coming of Tom Brady. Uh, I like the Saints this week. I laid the six earlier in the week. Uh, This one got bet up early. So uh, the nice part is somebody agrees with me, but... The, the square dog of the week is going to be the Giants plus six. Now, is that going to translate to the field? I guess we're going to find out. Giants plus six, writing it down tomorrow. We'll talk more about all of the weekend's games tomorrow. Kelly, will you be back tomorrow after the show today? I, You're going to be back? I will. I will be back tomorrow. Good. Great job. Three hours in the books. Terrific work by you. We'll get more of Kelly's picks tomorrow. Got some good guests lined up for you as well. We'll get you ready for the weekend. Send you into what is close to maybe holiday break for a lot of you out there. Maybe a holiday weekend. We'll get you ready for it on tomorrow's show. Big thanks to everyone out there watching, listening, however you consume the show. We appreciate you. We're back at it tomorrow with more. This is Hot Mike across the Outkick Network. <laughs>